All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Mogul Insider Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with my man, Dan the Man, is what I'm going to call you. <laughs> I'll take it. Have you ever been called that before? I have. I've been called uh, a, a number of things, and that's definitely one of them. Well, hey, I appreciate you for hopping on the podcast. We were actually offline just talking about uh, how the uh, evolution of the, the humanity has turned into and how fast things are changing. And uh, let's kind of start there. Let's dig into that, and then we can kind of converse and go from there. Maybe actually first, let's, let's begin by getting, giving people a 15-second elevator pitch of who you are, where you come from, and what you're about. Well, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I'm Dan Cady. I'm an Angelino, born and raised. Um, it's rarefied air, like, to be a native and have lived here most of my life. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm a creative professional, 20 years of experience. So right now, I'm the creative director for a snack food company out of Los Angeles. We're called Pitos. Um, we offer a um, analogs to most of your favorite conventional junk food snacks, but what we've done um, to differentiate is to uh, make snacks with a pulse flower base, so peas, favas, and lentils. So we're basically junk food snacks, junk food taste made from peas. Hmm. Very cool. So it's yeah, like so pitos are out in the market right now. We have two forms, two flavors. I'm just going to do the plug, do the pitch because, you know, sure. um, might as well, right? Yeah. Um, so pitos, basically, we have the crunchy curls, which are uh, you'll be familiar with a Cheeto, but it's the, uh, the equivalent of that with a pea base, um, pea flower base. And it's, it's fantastic. And then we just released a ring, which is like uh, heads and shoulders above a funny. So, yeah. So, it, interesting that you guys are in that industry because I feel like, what, what kind of impact have you noticed uh, in the past couple of weeks and how have you guys shifted? Well, so we've, we've sort of tried to, as a small business, you know, your, your best efforts are to stay nimble and, and, try to respond rather than react, I think is sort of the, the critical strategy. Sort of look at where the market's going, where your customers are looking for your product and how you can best um, meet them there. And so, you know, we, we sort of just did a baseline shift to make sure that all of our inventories were strong, so our supply chain was connected, um, and that we looked at, you know, um, redirecting some of our strategy to focus more succinctly on e-commerce. Mm. So you guys are now selling through your website or through? Yes. And that was actually a, a play that we were making. And then it sort of was very timely in that um, as we were launching this strategy, the world was shifting. And so we just sort of doubled down on our efforts to elevate that position for the business. So we just made it, you know, we barked as much as we could. Pitos are available online and we, you know, we sell on Amazon and we sell on our own site. Very cool. And so uh, being part of the creative team in a small business, what does that exactly mean? Because usually I've noticed that people who have a much bigger business usually have a creative team. It's not necessarily for the smaller businesses. Sorry, I just have uh, my, my wife walking in the door. So I just want to let her know that we're on air. So. No worries. Okay. Um, yeah. So what's really cool about my person. Personally, for me, what's been really fulfilling about the position is as a creative, you know, you, and I've, I've run the gauntlet and the gamut for uh, a myriad of, of uh, industries and sized, su sizes, shapes, and what have you from startup to Fortune 500 to um, uh, tech to CPG. And what I've, what's been really cool about this romp with PETAs is that 
you know, as a creative, it's hard to, um, hang on a second, sorry. Cruise, yeah. <laughs> this is the new normal, this is the work at home life. Like yeah, everything sort worry. of Things overlaps good. now. All is good, all is good, go for it. And, and my, my little den in, in my home office is like high traffic area. So whenever <laughs> we do these sort of things, it's like little feet just come scampering through. And, and that's part of like, you know, the adjustment for this, this new period. But anyways, back totally to that. Um, the win for me with Pedos is that as, a, as, the, as the creative director and for a small organization is you have access to the highest touch points of the business. And then you also have access to every, like I would say 80% of the things that I put my hands on make it to market, which is unprecedented for a creative in the mm. space. Mm. And so what are you necessarily, are you like involved in exactly? Everything from, you know, brand voice to brand tone to look and feel. Um, so essentially it's, it's uh, the personality of the company. I'm sort of a, a, one of the, that's an organic process for the whole team. So it's, it's very collaborative and we, we've taken an interesting approach to the way that we, we launched the brand in that we looked at our brand as a unique personality in and of itself and we serve it like a personality. And like one of the strategies we have is we, um, we've workshopped the brand as if we were writing for uh, the story arc of a television show, for example, because we know that snacking has such a broad universal appeal that we sort of posit the notion that like, Pedos is a sitcom and we're writing it for a broad spectrum of people and it has different personality touch points and we sort of cater to those personality touch points through um, a strategic brand voice. So from talking about this from a creative perspective, uh, for other small businesses, when, when it comes to creating a voice to their brand, especially in today's atmosphere, uh, what would you recommend start? Where would you recommend starting? Because what I've what I've noticed is a lot of businesses were not ready for this immersive push into the digital world, and a lot of them are having to kind of like adapt really fast and not sure what to do. And so, what have you done? What have you done? I know you guys talked. You said about e-commerce, but like more in specific, what have you done that's worked that you can probably share, or maybe just from your background and knowledge that you might give advice for whoever's listening. Well, I think the critical thing is to have a clear understanding of the value that your product or offering has to your marketplace, right? Like to your consumer. And I know that's like very pedestrian and that's very run-of-the-mill marketing advice. But the truth of the matter is if, if you know the real value that you're – I guess the best thing that I've heard is if you were to personify your, your product, service, or offering – and then you were to inquire with your customer base what they would specifically ask of your customer, of, of your product for their needs. Like, what would you hire my product to do? Or what would you hire my service to do for you directly? And it's like, if you can define that, then you know what your demand is. And then at that point, you figure out like the shortest path to make that demand available to that customer base, right? Like, it's really simple. Like for us, our, our biggest, like pedos, for example, pedos are designed to offer a better for you. And we don't like that word because we just want to offer a, a superior snack experience that just happens to have a more um, uh, beneficial uh, nutritional profile, right? So 
what we the way that we serve our audience is that we offer a, a snack food in a familiar form that that there's a broad affinity for and we do it in a way that gives you more protein more fiber and all natural and clean ingredients right so we know that that that's our differentiator and that's our demand now we just point it at the audience where they're looking for it right so whether that's on the in kroger which is where we're distributed or online and then we just hammer that message home like hey looking for a superior snack experience right this is what didn't go to pedos because we offer that so what in terms of talking about hammering a message home let's let's get into content for a second because now it's the most important thing out there, making sure that you're not just spreading your message, but the, the, the way you're delivering it is also in a way where people can understand. Uh, what tactics do you take as a company to curate content and what like advice do you have for people that are listening in terms of like what type of content should they be making right now with what's going on? Well, uh, this this sort of interaction is one of the you know the high watermarks. Uh, did the digital space? I mean, if anybody you know is a, is a fervent uh, consumer of marketing media and the thought leaders. I mean, Gary Vee is always talking about publish, publish, publish. Content is king, right? That's been the narrative. Like I started my uh, in the digital space um, in 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 two thousand. Mm. You know and. Yeah, at the first, at the press bit of the dot-com boom, yeah. and then through the bust. And then I went, you know, I started with Belkin Components and was part of one of the first interactive um, multimedia teams in-house in, in Los Angeles. And it was unprecedented at the time. And we were doing, so everything was sort of uncharted and, and user experience and, and UX, UI, SEO, all of those things, mm. they weren't common nomenclature. They were all undiscovered and uncharted paths. And so you know, gleaning those insights and then pulling them forward through, um, I was the senior designer for hotwells.com and I may be going on uh, off on a tangent here cause I sort of lost my thread. I don't even remember what the original question is, but oh, talking about the digital space content and how from, from the, from the jump, like all the way back then it was a, it was obvious to us that con good content, rich content was a critical part of any communication strategy. And, so why do, and why I think a lot of companies don't have rich content because it's not like, well, I think what, what happens is, and, and it's sort of like, if you look at, if you look at the model right now, and it's sort of one of the, the, the challenges that we face is like Instagram, right? Like, yeah. and, and I know I'm a little, look, you can see all the gray, right? So I'm the old man and the traditional marketing strategies, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm sort of the guy who's like, I remember the onset of social media and, 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 and I was one of those guys, you know, Hey, you kids get off my lawn, this, the new paradigm, all of those things. Right. Uh, and, uh -huh. But, but I've sort of come full circle on it, re recognizing the value of it in that. I, I don't know, man, like it's, it's hard because right now nobody wants to be marketed to. Right. Like that's the truth of the matter. And that's why those platforms are so no, nobody I mean, likes I, to be sold a bill of goods. Like, and so, so my point is like, sold, that's true. But I feel like at the end of the day, like everyone's being marketed to all the time. Sure. Sure. And, and sure. so the notion is that we're all building our personal brands and we're all carrying our own banners and we're all trying to aggregate likes and followers and all of those things and get those sort of like, and this is more personal philosophy than it is like, Sure. You know, a level of business philosophy, but it's like, um, 
where I think the real crux of it is really understanding your true authentic voice in the noise. Right. And, and, and then it's also like mass media is sort of an old, old format. Like, you know, the, the notion that you can pay to, to build an audience that's going to serve your business just by the proxy of having, having no other options. Like there's so, there's so much content, there's so much out there. There's so much happening all the time that the best that you can do is just make sure that you're, showing up with a quality product and a, and a, 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 and understanding who really wants to hear your message. You know, you're not going to serve everybody, you know? And, and I know that sort of sounded diluted in, in sort of arbitrary to formulate that point. Cause I kind of, it circled around my head a few times before it came out of my mouth. No but the point is, is like the truth of the matter is, is like the best you can do is have an authentic voice and offer a really great service. And then if you can do that consistently, you'll find your audience, right? Like, and so what, I guess the point to, to your question is companies are looking to try to win. It's not a power and numbers game anymore. Like you're not trying to get hundreds of thousands of people's, whereas the ideal is to get 10,000 dedicated people. Yes, that's true. And social media you know? allows you to do that. And so, and, and like, it, and, and it's not a phrase that I coined or anything like that. I mean, Seth Godin is probably one of my personal heroes in the marketing game. And, and it's because he sort of walks that path of altruism, but then also professionalism, you know? And, and it's that notion of like, serve a community and do better things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And, and, and out, of, out of curiosity, like when you say like, do better things, it, uh, let's let's talk strategy because I'm curious mm-hmm. right now just to brainstorm with you uh, so that whoever's watching can maybe get an idea or two. Content is king right now. A lot of companies don't know how to make content. Though. Um, I'm I'm in I'm in that space and uh, and it's like, give me a second. Yes. It happens. Yeah, no, it happens. Yeah, it's yeah, part yeah. of the it's part for the course. It's part for the both of us. Um, but uh, yeah, like a, a lot of people don't know where to start. I've realized that because that's what I do. I'm in the content game. I'm in I'm in this space. I do this all day, every day. And so many companies don't necessarily understand where to go and how to go about it. So the, you start with knowing your story, mm-hmm. right? Like, what's what's your story? Right. And I mean, it sounds so rudimentary, but it's, it's, it's the baseline for, they say, you know, uh, again, it's, it's marketing is what you tell the world. Sorry, Siri thought I said, <laughs> God, I love this. this is super like, I love this. Yeah. Sorry, Siri. I wasn't talking to you. Look, man, I think, Dan, I think the world of professionalism is going to end up turning, it's going to end up dying, not, not dying, but the, the, the modern hip age is going to take over now because of this whole new home vibe. Well, I, I don't know so much about that too, because there's, there's a lot to be said about personal interaction, you know, yeah. and, and I know we're raising a generation. I, I got two little ones and their faces in a screen more times than I'm comfortable with. And that's just, you know, being Ooh. honest, but sometimes that's the reality of the world. Oh. And, and, but I, you know, for, for myself and my family and my wife, our priority is also to make sure that we ha- understand what empathy means. Yeah. And, 
and that gets flattened out in in these types of scenarios far too often and and honestly it's one of my bigger challenges with the world at large is that we we don't we lose a level of interaction I, the the irony is that digital the digital experience is called interactivity but mm. the truth of the matter is interfacing with people and having empathy and and compassion and and real face-to-face -face experiences uh, i think th there's gonna there's gonna be a, a balance that has to be met at some point you know i agree i agree i think just like anything else when something new comes out for a while it takes it takes a while for humanity to adapt to it and you got two extremes you got the one who are using something like there's no tomorrow like the internet you have the younger generation who they're just they're just glued to it and then you have like the older gen who's like not necessarily that used to it, you know, wants to go out, meet face to face, do things like that. I think what's going to happen eventually is just um, a middle ground's going to happen. Like people will start oh, for sure. to, yeah, people will start to connect online because it's easy, it's quick, it's much faster. And then, but that will have to eventually lead for you meeting up face to face. I mean, I was actually talking to my friend about this, like. 10 years ago, if you were playing video games and you met this random person online, you only played video games with them and that's it. Like, like mm -hmm. that, that was like the end of that relationship. You don't ever take it anywhere else. You don't know who the guy is. Now I'm noticing just because of the quarantine, I'm like, I, I grew up on esports. So now I'm like back to the community and what I'm noticing, it's like people are like becoming friends. Like they meet on like a Call of Duty lobby, and then next thing you know, they're like texting each other, FaceTiming each other, like hanging out, all that kind of stuff. And and so that I think is, it, it, I look at it as like it's super dope in my opinion. I think it's a. It's, it's interesting because I have a couple of people that I you know have worked with as consultants or or vice versa. They've worked with me as consultants, and and I've had uh, so many rich conversations with them. But never, I couldn't pick them out of a crowd, and that's sort of like that paradox in and of itself is sort of like odd to me. You know, I'm not, I haven't found the the level of comfort with that that I think will, and maybe it's generational, and maybe it'll be an evolution. But for me, it's like it's weird. Like I can think of like three people. It's like I know you really, really well, sorta. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't pick you out of a crowd. So what's your take right now on this whole like uh, video chat type of deal that's going on? I, I know we're forced to do it, but how are you feeling about it? Well, we looked, we leaned into it and, and it was really cool, man. And it was a really proud moment. Like just recently um, for, for the business, we, we um, as brand tone of voice, like for Pitos, we think we're irreverent, we're tongue in cheek, we're very, we try to be funny. Um, and, 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 and not ironic, right? But ha ha, right? So, um, <laughs> Uh -huh. Amazing, but so we put together last week on um on Friday we put together a comedy showcase where we partnered with Dash Radio and uh, we partnered with the Laugh Factory and took over the Laugh Factory feed for an hour and we got we ran it just like we would at a, at a comedy club so we had a host um a couple of openers a feature in the middle and we ran it like a traditional show and we did it for um for to benefit and another plug real quick for the month of April, every time you go to pedos.com, every purchase you make a portion of those proceeds are going to go forward to feed um, or to help feed, feed America in their COVID-19 relief effort. So there was like two, three things to unpack there. Right. So one, the new meet your audience where they are, everybody's at home. 
Zoom. Man, if I had if I if I had any inclination, I would have bought stock in Zoom before this thing, man. Like they're the uh, name, right? Like Zoom is a verb. They're, that's branding, right? That's the power of a brand. When it, when when something becomes so prolific and so um, ubiquitous that it, it adopts video chatting used to be I'm going to Skype you now it's zoom right like that's the power of a brand and that's telling the story effectively because the consumers let us all know the marketplace said we are zooming right the marketplace back in the day said we are going to Skype marketplace back in the day that's branding right that's it's amazing to me and that's why I do what I do because it's like the phenomenon of it's like wow that's impressive Dude, so, do, you think, do you think Skype was too early to the game no not at all I think what happens is um, you know, for us, we, we, again, I'll bring it back to Pito's, like our CEO constantly says, we want to be the disruptor that is eventually disrupted, right? Because it's always going to be, everyone's looking to level up. And at some point you will be the tip of the spear. And then the next guy will be the tip of the spear. Cause it, if it were just Skype and, and, you know, Skype probably didn't have the insights that zoom had to offer the marketplace, hence, you know, being unseated, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, a guess. It's an interesting time we're, we're going through right now. How do you see branding and marketing changing as a whole after this whole thing dies down? Well, and it's back to that whole point of like what the, what the market is looking for. Right. And I was speaking to it like a generation, the generation, my, my kids are going to be able to sniff an ad, um, like that. you know before yeah they're gonna they're gonna have instincts around it more succinctly right whereas i come from a generation that sort of um was driven by the media feed right and and that yeah, was sort like, of like what informed cousin, my my development yeah my cousin she's like i think about like 10 years old now and she uh uh it's it's crazy to me how aware she is of the space online like uh, she came up to me the other day and she was talking to me about a YouTube video and she was pissed off because every like two minutes an ad popped up. She was like actually mad about it. She's like, what the hell? Like, I'm just trying to have fun, enjoy my experience. And these ads keep popping up. Like, I don't want your stuff. And I'm just, and I thought that was so interesting because I want to talk to her about the same conversation in 10 years from today to see how she thinks of these quote unquote advertisements. And well, actually, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, to that point, I mean, advertising is an inconvenience because, for the most part, it's a intrusion. You know, it's it's done without your permission. You know, it's why we trash so many um, emails. It's why you know, it's it's so it's a delicate balance to have an authentic conversation, and that's I think that was the point I was driving at with Instagram. You know, part of it is knowing that we are a business and we are trying to. Um, propagate our message through through the marketplace right we're supposed to plant flags and be a beacon and oh there's pedos over there go get them right and and but the other side of it is when you do that it's off-putting and and we were just talking about i was just talking about this morning with our director of marketing it's like our on our feed all of the branded material have less engagement because they're they're staged they're inauthentic they don't look like a natural reflection of of an experience with the brand but at the same time we have a responsibility to a brand message so it's this quid this uh catch 22 or you just find yourself like well what do you do you know and i don't have an answer we're we're still testing these waters too and figuring out like 
what's effective. But the bottom line is at the, at, at the core of it is when you have a good product, maybe that you can experiment through the medium on the back of the, the notion that if you, I'm, I'm going to use some colorful language, but if you're out there peddling bullshit and nobody wants it, you're not, you're not going to be very successful. But if you have a great product, then you have a little bit of wiggle room to, to experiment with your message because you're like, at the end of the day, I still have a great product. I just need to find the right way to connect it to the people that are looking for it. I think, look, man, I think uh, what I've seen happen and what I've seen with my clients and everyone that I, that I do work with is that uh, basically marketing and sales or actually just the way I look at it is relationship building and building people's trusts has now shifted from talking about your product or solution to now telling a story and being conversational. And I, I don't, I don't think it's shifted so much as, as it's become. So on mass, when you don't have the, when, 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 okay. So I think it's a, a, there's a lot to, to unpack there. Right. So I think yeah. as culturally, right. Like where we had a limited range of things to put our attention on, then we were a little bit more inclined to acquiesce the what we were being served. Mm-hmm. Fine, I got five channels. There's commercials on all of them. I, it's the standard. I live with it. Now I got a thousand channels, the internet, my phone, and I don't have time for your nonsense, right? So, but in order to, but the, the, I think, I don't know, if you look at like the, the hero brands of the world, they've always had a, a, a great story to tell. And like, that's why they're, they're so big though. Nike. Yeah. Apple. Um, I mean, those are just two of mine. I guess, I guess personal to rephrase heroes. what I was saying, I guess to rephrase what I was saying is not necessarily it's shifted. It's that, uh, the better side of marketing is, has always been the, the, the conversational storytelling. It's just now the world's realizing it and, and, and having to forcefully adapt to it. And I'm talking about just what I've seen on like social media, like, Take TikTok as an example, right? Have you played with that yet? I have not because I'm old. Uh, and, <laughs> no, and, and that's an unfair. Back, no, I, I, honestly, I, I, I've, I've sort of, we've dabbled in it and we're unsure of how it fits our brand story at the moment. Like, it's not that we're averse. It's just when you only have so much bandwidth as a small organization, you sort of tend the part of the garden you can touch, which is one of my favorite um, expressions. So yeah. it's like when you only have so much energy, and that's the other part of it too, is trying to cover all of the bases is impossible, right? So yeah. t- TikTok, I know it's going to be a force um, that I'd be foolish to say otherwise, um, you know, but, but understanding how it's applicable to my audience and, and, at, at, at the moment is something that I, I, I don't have a grasp on. Sure. And, and, and the thing is, see, like, I, I, when I was saying is like TikTok, if you, if you download TikTok and you go through it, um, you get to a point where you can watch an ad and not even realize it's an advertisement. Only towards the end, you're like, oh, wow, this was an ad. So they've integrated content in a way where it's so, so, so flowing, like, and, and the way influencers That's- are engaging. That's not a new strategy. I mean, it's not a new strategy. It's just done much better due to the UI UX design of the app, the way it's done. 
um, like if I'm on Instagram and I'm scrolling down, it pops up and says this is an ad, and I can tell sponsored by sponsored yeah. and yeah. On TikTok, um, the first three seconds of the video, it's just a regular video that pops up. Once you're like five seconds in, it then it, uh, under it a button opens up that says click here to learn more. So the first like five six seconds, which is more than enough to get the person's attention on whatever product you're trying to sell, doesn't seem like an ad at all. And so it's not a new strategy. Look, I don't think, look, again, I go back, uh, this new, I, I think I said it incorrectly. Like the marketing world hasn't shifted. It's not new. I think it's just evolving. It's getting better at doing it and it's, sure. and, it, and it's only going to get better. Right. And just like anything else, like the way, I mean, I mean, the way I was, I was, I was talking to someone about this a month ago or so is just the way like technology or anything evolves. Nothing around us is new. Like communication no. isn't a new thing. Um, transportation isn't new like before cars we had horses before horses whatever we were walking sure. it's yeah. always it's just all we're really doing is just adapting to our environment and creating tools that allow us to do the job better that's it um well and, and and so to that point and it's sort of like which is why like i was immediately dismissive to social media while i was immediately dismissive to tiktok as you said but the the trick of the matter is to look beyond your own um your own aversions and your own comfort level and move beyond that to, to figure out like the viability of the platform. Right. Like, yeah. so I'm only doing myself a disservice if I dismiss something. Absolutely. Right. Without, without sort of any level of investigation. Um, and I think that's sort of like culturally who we are and, and, and it's sort of, I don't know. It's not, it, to your point, it, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just different incarnations of it as it happens for different generations in the way that they process it and it becomes pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like understanding the patterns and then how to keep yourself from becoming trapped in your own patterns. I have, I have another input to add to this. Let me know what you think about this. Uh, mm -hmm. Change is tough. Uh, people don't like change. But however, now we have to adapt and change really fast and really quick. And I think that's a part of the problem is that the more the market evolves, the faster we need to change. So we're not necessarily getting comfortable with our ways. Um, and so we're having like, like, look, like TikTok came out, I'm pretty sure in a year, in two years or three years, whatever, like another platform can come up. There's over a hundred social media platforms out there. And we only really know about like the five or six main ones that are like big. The point is there's always something new, always something out there. And so hundred percent. And, and we're only familiar with our own microcosms, right? Because we, we only know what's in our, in our periphery and then what's beyond that. Like, yes, you just mentioned all of the ones that are, are prominent in the Western world, but then there's everything that's going on in Asia and all of the other, you know, multinational versions of social media and, and, and a population that we have, you know, the Indian subcontinent. And, and, yeah, I, so, I agree. I agree. I think it's really just uh, when I, when I, when I talk about like new platforms, it's just capitalizing on underpriced uh, attention, really like, um, you talk about someone like Gary Vee, he, he's really big on this. Like LinkedIn, for example, is a huge, 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 huge funnel for underpriced attention right now. Um, and I, think, I think Instagram is actually a little bit uh, on the more... I think the challenge I have with that strategy is that um, what happens is it becomes like a, a land grab. And so, you know, what, what happens is that the... the the platform becomes diluted because it's oversaturated, you mm. know? And I think the, the, the real, and it all goes back to um, clarity and message, authenticity and message, 
um, true value to the consumer. And I think you can beat that drum in any, in any platform and find success. What, what really separates or differentiates our efforts is the quality of the engagement and how, how much we can build a relationship within, in, in those platforms, regardless of what it is. I mean, even now in Facebook, you know, Facebook has sort of been left in, in, in the dust. And we, we find that, uh, I can't remember, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I take these little nuggets and I put them in my pocket and I break them out like they're my own. But, um, you know, I heard somebody breaking it down really effectively. Um, they were saying, so I, I, attribution's important because I like to give people credit for the things that, that they, sure. you know, see, see it in me. But, um, they, you know, it's like Facebook is like the town square, you know, where, or, or like a, 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 a swap meet, if you will, with maybe, you know, a high volume of traffic and not a lot, like just really, um, limited amounts of, 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 of value for people to point their attention to. Um, and then, you know, you look at Instagram and it's like a, a curated boutique where you go there for specific things, you know, and you have a level of expectation and there's, so what I think, so back to your question earlier about like what I feel a lot of brands get is they don't keep top of mind the psychology of usability, right? Like what's, what their user expectation is, where they're telling the story. Like you, and that's one of the things that we've experimented a lot with at PETA's is we, we tell the same story because it's a truth, it's our truth, but we tell it in a different fashion because it means something just means something different to the people on Instagram than it does when we tell it on Facebook. I love and, that. I love that. I want, I want you to stop right there for a second. So that's, I love that you pointed that out. So you're basically saying that curate the content for the people that are listening and not for what you think is right for yourself. That's right. Because that's the difference between marketing and branding, right? Like if I'm telling the true story, then it's going to be received the same way, right? Regardless of how I tell it to some degree. I mean, that sounds muddled, but it's like if our message is we're a great junk food, junk food tasting experience, but we're made from peas. So we're this much better for you than the average Joe. So you should trade up your snack to trade up your snack experience, right? Like that's the heart of the story, but it may mean that we tell it in a different way. Like it might be more pedestrian and traditional marketing through Facebook, but then we look for the authentic way to connect to the Instagram audience because that's about the snacking experience right and 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 also affinity to personality at that point right so whereas we would go and tell what would look like a commercial on facebook and these are just our recent findings but it's sort of what i've extrapolated out and sort of not necessarily uh, it's anecdotal like there's no science and i think that's that's a, a lot I, I, it's bro science at best or marketing science at best What's or whatever right it's like a lot of it is theory and a lot of it is like psychology driven so but what, what we're finding is it's like it's the medium dictates the voice, but the voice has to tell the same story. Hmm. The medium dictates the voice, but the voice has to tell the same story. I think that's the golden nugget for this episode. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, I, so, should, I should quote you on that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
Maybe someone will put that in their pocket and then I'll hear it parroted back on a podcast and that'll be the win for me. You'll be like, hey, it worked. <laughs> yeah, put it out in the world. But yeah, I mean, you know, because like we've been really, and, and one thing that we've done really, and, and hats off to our CEO for being um, bullish on it and, 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 ha- and happy enough to go along with it. Like he's really prioritized that our brand tone and, and, and our brand personality is critical to who we are in the world and so and there's not you know and and it's not in the way of trying to manipulate the message or or own the marketplace through like mass proliferation it's it's like his authentic notion about this like pito's is is a pillar of brands mm-hmm. you know and he and we want to build on that mm-hmm all right. Well, hey, hey, Dan, I appreciate you a lot for your time. Uh, where can uh, people find you uh, if they want to pick your brain, connect with you, get to know you a little bit more? So I am on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok yet, but that's probably coming because, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not averse. And maybe we can chat offline and you can give me sure. the one-two on, on how to get this old dog off the porch. Sure. Um, but I'm on IG, uh, killart at, at Instagram um I, I make a little ruckus um i'll plug the band uh tijuana knife fight and go to pedos.com for the month of april and make sure that you support uh feed america and their efforts to uh help displace kids during this really interesting time that we're in um that's the other thing too is at the end of the day at my heart of hearts like if you you not only service the product but service to the community so if there's ever an opportunity to to give back it's something that's powerful and it's the only real true currency that we have especially in light of circumstances that are unprecedented like today just be a good person man and do what you can to help other people you know and not 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 at the benefit of your own personal gain but at the benefit of of humanity i agree and that's very woo man but it's the truth i couldn't have said that better especially with what's going on right now we got to connect and really care about each other more than ever Dude, in small businesses, like if you're in LA, like I'm plugging all my friends, you know, so Rad Coffee, drinking Rad Coffee, love, love, just, it, the, you know, the big chains are going to survive. And as much as I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to take a dump on any of them because they're doing their thing, but it's sort of like in the food chain, do everything. It's the, if you, I, I love the tide that raises all boats, man, and make that effort all, every chance you get. Yep, yep. Well, all right, then. Hey, I appreciate you so much for hopping on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, uh, once this episode airs, we'll uh, definitely get it rock and roll. This is exciting. Thank you so much for your input. And uh, Cool, man. Thank you so much.